What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association podcast, a product of the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association. To get the most up-to-date info, visit our website at or.nhsbca.org. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Season 4, Episode 6 of the Oregon Basketball Coaches Podcast. I'm Eddie Townsend, and I'm joined today by Blake Ecker, boys basketball coach at Philomath High School. Coach, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for thanks for having me on. It's uh, Oh, for sure. I've been, kind of listening, I've been listening to your podcast, and they're great. Yeah, thanks. I mean, uh, it's all it's all the coaches jumping in, but uh, coach, uh, you know, you're the you're the basketball Philomath um, high school boys basketball coach, and uh, you've been there since I believe 2003. Is that right? Uh, 2002, 2003. Yeah, is when I started. Yeah. And uh, so, those of you that aren't familiar with your journey, um, you know, through the ranks. Why don't you just take us through your your basketball coaching experiences that got you to this point? Yeah, I guess um, my, you know, after I finished playing basketball, uh, you know, it just kind of was a void in my life where, you know, I've always played since I was probably first grade. And so something that I wanted to continue maybe and and give back to to other kids. Um, the things that I was able to do by, you know, traveling, uh, being in Europe for a year, um, and, and doing all those experiences was, was great for me. And so I, I really wanted to get back into coaching. And, and when I, when I kind of came back, uh, from overseas, I, uh, I just ran into Coach Garvin, who actually I, I played for. Um, he came my junior year. Uh, in high school and so I played two years for him and uh you know I just you know he'd ask me hey there's a seventh grade job open and uh here at Flomas and I was I was really interested in it so I jumped in on that and uh it was it was I remember that time you know really clear because it was my first job um so having to learn and do a lot of different things was 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 a lot of fun. And I remember those kids. We weren't very good, um, but it was a lot of fun. And and they got better and got more competitive. And then the next year, uh, uh, Norm Robinson was the uh, he was the freshman coach at Philomus, and Doug Miles was the JV coach at the time. Um, but uh, Coach Robinson stepped down, and so. Uh, coach Garvin asked me to be the freshman coach and I, I jumped all over that. And, and so Doug at the time was the JV coach and I was the freshman coach for the summer. And then Doug got his job over in Madras. So then I decided to go ahead and jump up to the JV level. You know, here's here my second year because I really wanted to learn and, you know, I wanted to learn, you know, to be a better coach and to, Learn from Coach Garvin was great. You know, got a lot of different things from him. I was there, I think, five years as JV coach, and then I, at the time, I was I was kind of looking for some other jobs and possibly head coaching job, and I was a finalist at West Albany uh, in 
I guess it was 99. And the guy that got it was Everett Hartman. Well, Everett was at Paloma uh, right out of, out of college. And he was the, what was he? I guess he was the JV coach. Or, I can't remember who JV coach when I even played. So he saw that I was a finalist and he invited me over to coach with him. And so at the time we were living in Albany. And so it made a, it was a pretty good move. Um, again, we weren't real strong at all, but I was able to coach JVs and bring some stuff over that I'd learned from Coach Garvin and, and, you know, learning some things from, from Coach Hartman as well, which was fantastic. Um, I was there for two years and kind of knowing that I knew Coach Garvin wasn't going to be there much longer, uh, with, with Logan graduating, his son. Um, you know, the freshman job came open, uh, and I, I still, I was giving back to Philomath. I was helping out with a, like a, a select team that was moving through that was, that was really good. And so I ended up taking that freshman job and, uh, you know, and that was that really good group, uh, with John Gaskell. Uh, I think you probably maybe remember some of these names, Greg Oliver, um, you know, Davis, Aaron Davis, but, uh, so I took that oh, yeah. and, you know, those guys were good. And so then I took that and then the next year, uh, you know, we, we went, or that year we won the state title and, and what, uh, 2002. And so he retired at the end of the season and, you know, I applied for the head job and coach Garvin, you know, wrote me a great letter of reference and, and I definitely had some other good ones, you know, like from Richie McKay. Uh, you know, he's at – where is he at now? Liberty now. Um, you know, Barry Adams, Woody Bennett, uh, lots of lots of good, you know, people were able to uh, help me out with that. I ended up getting a job, and I, you know, I can remember, you know, getting the call and finally getting it. And, um, so it was exciting. So I took over in 2002. And, you know, we had a, a good group coming back. Um, we weren't quite as good as Newport, though, that year. Um, I definitely <laughs> remember that. We, uh, I think we lost to you guys three times, um, both times in the league. I, I, I'm pretty sure. And then we played, I think we played in the state tournament as well. We played at state. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we lost, we lost again there. I think we, I think we, we played in the consolation semis. It could have been. Yeah. 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 We we kept it a little bit closer, but uh, I remember Koyata. He was he was a tough guy to guard, and so oh, yeah. we. Uh, I mean, we may have lost you by about ten or something like that. And um, but anyways, it was that that was that's kind of my coaching journey, and you know. And, uh, that might be the I one stayed. of the last losses you've had in Newport, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, they had a pretty good group. Um, oh gosh, it was O'Shea Dunmore. Uh, and those guys, yeah. that was a good group of guys that came through too. So, but, uh, yeah, Newport's been kind of up and down. It seems like they've, they've, uh, had a, a run of coaches come through. And, uh, so, but, you know, hopefully you guys stay around for a while. That would be good. So when you started, you, so you started with Coach Garvin in what, like the mid 90s as a, as a, when you, when you got that middle school job? Yeah, I think it was 94. Five, something like that. Um, seems like a long time ago. 
Yeah, it was it was that, and you know, when I got that seventh grade job, and then the following year, uh, you know, where I got the JV job after Doug and and Coach Robinson left. Right, and so, I mean, you've you've gone through quite a bit of experiences and some, you know, great coaches. So when you're you're talking about, you know, I actually just interviewed uh, Doug Miles uh, last last week. And he talked mm-hmm. about his, you know, his introduction to coaching. He he said he was a similar situation to what you're talking about. He's just kind of going through his day. He ran into Coach Garvin, and 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 Dave just invited him to be a part of the program. I mean, is that kind of seems like he was a master recruiter of coaches? Now that I'm I'm hearing uh, from different people <laughs> that have similar experiences. Yeah, you know he. Uh... You know, I mean, I was always, you know, a Garvin fan, and and especially when uh, I was in high school. You know, when he came, we we weren't very good, and we didn't know how to win at all. And I think we really changed that my senior year. And and we, you know, we had a good group of guys that were a little bit younger than me, um, that were very talented. But he taught us how to win, and we needed his discipline. Um, there wasn't any discipline in the program, and and, and I, I can remember, uh, like, my freshman year, I, I started varsity, and I, I remember at the end of the year, uh, this guy named Greg Calder, uh, who was our point guard, wrote in my yearbook, and he said, hey, don't keep working hard. Uh, don't let the, the uh, what was it, the Philomus syndrome, you know, get a hold of you. And it was just because we would lose all the time. And we had, like, my freshman year, we had a ton of talent. But we so what, what? What was that timeline? I guess that would be like eighty-three to eighty-seven. Okay. When so I there was through. a point in time where Philomath wasn't good, is what you're saying? No. Yeah, we were bad. <laughs> we were really That's bad. It's incredible uh, because of where you're at now, you know. Yeah, my my sophomore year, we had. Uh, let's see here, three different head coaches, mm. just in one year. Uh, the the guy that was got that got hired uh, over Lytle Cowell. I don't know if you remember that name. You know, big Camp Cascade guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy got hired and was fired mid-season, and then the let's see the the principal took over, who had some experience. He played college basketball, and. He, he was there for a few games, and his wife, uh, I believe, had a heart attack. Uh-huh. And so then our superintendent had to take over after that. Um, so it was a it was a cry, crazy wild season. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, Coach Garvin came in my junior year, and it's really changed things up quite a bit. You know, especially the discipline and and you know all the rules and stuff that we had to follow. It, it was huge. It was what we needed. Um, and then, of course, we started getting. We got a lot better my senior year. We, you know, we made the tournament and down in Matt Court, which was an amazing place to play. And uh, um, kind of moved on from there. I mean, he had a group of guys coming just below that, like they were sophomores when I was a senior, and uh, they were very talented. And so we were able to kind of keep that ball rolling for a while. And so I think that's what kind of turned into the combination of different things, discipline, um, and then also having some talent come through at the right time. So it was it was really good for Coach to be able to have that opportunity. 
So when you talk about that discipline, um, you know, in comparison to what you had seen previous, I mean, I know it's hard to go back in the time machine, but, um, and I mean, obviously you saw it as, as an assistant as well. Um, what are, what, go through some of that. What, what does it look like in, you know, Dave Garvin and now, you know, a Philomath program that kind of probably bleeded into your coaching style? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, for instance, uh, like with Coach Garvin, uh, we had a deal. Uh, it was called No Cats, and it was caffeine, alcohol, tobacco, or sugar. So you couldn't have any of that during the season. Um, we couldn't eat popcorn the day of a game. Um, I mean, that was huge. I mean, that was a big deal. Uh, you know, and we did that a little bit when I first got the head coaching job and then kind of kind of morphed away from that part of it. Um, and in terms of discipline, too, with him, it was, you know, you know, we, we had to do things right. Um, um, I remember a guy, we were doing some lane slides or something like that. In fact, I, I still talk to him today. Um, he started doing lane slides, and he, Coach Garvin asked where his hands were. And obviously they weren't out or something, you know, that – he was trying to teach and he, and he popped off and, and said, well, they're at the end of my arm. Well, we were quickly ushered to the baseline to start running <laughs> and what we call championships. And it was no fun. And so I, I, I worked my way over to him during these. And I said, if you ever do that again, there's going to be trouble. Don't ever say anything like that again. And so, we we ran a lot for those things and, and you know or for not you know doing what we're supposed to be doing and so you learn quickly that you better do what you're supposed to do um, or else you know there's going to be a consequence to pay you know and then going forward you know to today I mean we do you know we we still call them championships and victories and um, different things of that nature but we don't we don't usually get on the line very much anymore. Um, like we did back in the day where it just was like, okay, you're going to grind it out. You're going to run all these line drills. Most of our conditioning now comes within our drills that we do within the day. Uh, right. Unless it's something that where I get, I get ticked and, and all right, okay, let's, let's get on the line. Let's uh, do some reminders of how we should be doing a better job. Um, so, so yeah, so you know, another thing, too, that Coach Garvin had, and what we saw today is if somebody gets a technical foul, they're going to sit out uh, the next eight minutes of the game. Um, and whether it be at the end of the game, he's going to, you know, continuous clock, uh, they're going to sit. And then they're going to do some, what we call them now, we call them mops. And it's basically, uh, you know, you put a towel down on the floor, put your hands yep. on it and have to push it back and forth different ends. And, and we kind of, you know, it depends on the technical foul or something. So for the kids, our kids don't get many technical fouls. They don't want to do that stuff. Uh, sometimes maybe when they're young, freshman, sophomore, uh, but those those other guys see those, those guys have to do, and uh, they, they shy away from those technical fouls from now on. So don't get very many. So, but, uh, I mean – Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you know, so we, you know, so we still do have a lot of discipline things. Um, 
you know, that I've, I've carried over from other coaches that I've had over the years, uh, stuff with Coach Garvin as well, and just, you know, learning different things from other coaches and, and being that sponge, you know, to, to learn. And, you know, even now, uh, I'm still learning stuff. And, uh, for instance, you know, I talked to Raheem Tufts quite a bit and, and actually we were going to have a last week, last Friday, actually, we we're going to have a little get together with his staff and, and working on some different things that they want to implement into their offense or defense. And I was going to, and he's a really good motivator. And, you know, in terms of, of get kids to really buy into the program and, and I wanted to learn a little more stuff about that. So, um, but yeah. That's great. So I, I like to always go back to the time machine. And uh, so you start doing, you come back to Philomath as you said, the, the, was it the JV coach or the right before you knew Dave was going to be taken off maybe shortly. And so you came back to Philomath. What was that timeline? It was like maybe the early 2000s, late 90s. So that would be when I when I came back. It would be I guess 2001. Well, yeah, 2001, 2002 season. And so that's so that like, was that was right after maybe like a guy like Matt Simonson left, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. so that's when all those guys were the those top dogs were what juniors, sophomores or juniors. The, yeah, the Garvins and yeah. Kevin Boss and stuff. So you you got to experience. Uh, my my point in going back to that is, you come back into the program when it's, <clears throat> um, you know, they're on a state title run. I mean, they're really. I, and I know this because I was a player. I mean, I obviously when you're a high school kid, you've got kind of some, I don't know, your your, your brain's not fully developed, so you don't know exactly what's going mm-hmm. on. But I just remember, you know how locked in the whole machine was at that point you know um and it was very intimidating you know and i don't remember every detail of it but i do remember just the players were good they were locked in i happened to play for um i remember there was the eddie Payne basketball academy and i was on like a select team and dave was the coach and you know i was on that team with like logan there's a couple other kids i don't really remember um who they were but they were on the team and um you know you got a taste of that. You, you, it was like, oh, this is a different temperature than what I'm used to, you know. And um, it was really interesting. But so you're back at that. You're you're in that timeline. So when you come into it, you, you you've been away. You come back, and what was your first, you know, feelings of? Okay, did you know that this team was on, on a state title run, um, or w- what was your thought process in that, and what did you glean from it? Yeah, you know that year. It was a really good year. I mean, they had all kinds of talent. Um, of course, with Logan and there was uh, Jake Kettles at the two guard. Uh, um, Bain. 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 Uh, Boss. And, was there you know, Bowman? Were, Bowman? Bo- AJ Bowman, yeah. yeah. Man, that he guy was tough too. And he was very athletic. He was Super like athletic. the – He, I always thought of him as like the um, – Ginobili of the Philomath Warriors, you know, right-handed <laughs> Ginobili type of guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was he was a blast, and uh, you know, I and you know, of course, some of those guys were only juniors, and so you know, I had those guys back that next year, AJ and Jake, and we had a we had a six-eight lefty coming back, and and uh, uh, Josh 
trying to think of his last name, uh, Yunt, and then another 6667 guy in um, uh, Dan Hinchberger. And so, you know, when I got the job, I mean, there was a bunch of guys still left. Along oh, with yeah. that sophomore class that that I had coached as freshmen, uh, and they were they were loaded as well too. So the talent was there, you know, coming through and at the time, and and it made a great sweet transition, no doubt about it. So then you guys you win the state title, and then the next year, you know, that was I know this so well because it was my senior year, and we just happened to be in the same league. Um, you guys were tough that year. And so after I, you know, we, we exit, you, you get, now you're going. So now you're, you're in the early 2000s through the, the, you know, maybe 2010s. Take me through that mm-hmm. process. You're, you're now a brand new head coach. You've, you've, you've been in an assistant coach with the state championship team. You're in a great community. You're going through the process of, you know, um, being a first year head coach, third year, fourth year. You're constantly learning. You're constantly trying to um, yeah. figure out exactly what you want the identity of your program to be. Um, so what was that process like for you, and, and how has it kind of come into what you guys are now? That's a great question. Um, you know, I I really started to, you know, watch other programs. Um, you know, my first year we went to – uh, team camp down in Florence, and at the time, you know, Bob Macbeth was was the coach down there, and him and I got along really well. And then Craig Rothenberger also, uh, in fact, they they were I think in 2000, they they were really good 2002 2003. Um, and we were and both those guys, Sayuslaw was really good too. And yep. those two were like, you know, comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, so I get to go down and, and we stayed with Junction City at the time, uh, and the same team camp, like, and we camped together. And so I was able to glean a lot from Coach Rothenberger and I still do today. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then I'll call him or, or even, uh, like I've gone down there before uh, just to meet with him, just to talk with him. <laughs> Last time I did, he's like, Blake, why, why are you here? And this was only a few years ago. And I go, I said, I just want to learn. I just want to talk. I just want to talk basketball. You know, that's, that's, that's all I want, you know, just, and, and I learned from things that he does. He's been around for so long. Uh, and he, he's been a great mentor for me as well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, he's just, he's a great guy. And this is his last year of coaching. Is um, it? It is. Yeah. And we, guy we with 646 up. wins is last year. That's crazy. Yeah, and he's got what four grandkids on the team, um, which which is really cool. I, I got to meet those guys and get, really get to know them last summer. On a, uh, you can't find a better. You, I mean, those I know the two, you know, Bart's two kids, um, yeah. Coop and 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 Gunner. Uh-huh. I mean, they just last spring before they they decided they were going to take off. They were at, on my property doing work for me. They're just great kids. I mean, not just good athletes and good basketball players and whatever great humans they just are great yeah. great kids yeah i yeah they are I, I i coached an organized team this last summer and had them on it along with uh court canave and so it was just great to know those guys and they're they're all quality human beings and you know but it don't you know it starts from craig and 
moves its way down for sure. And, and so, you know, during that time period, it was, it was talking with them and, 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 and you're right, trying to, trying to get my own thing going. Um, right. You know, with our, with our rules packet, you know, we do have a packet that we still have. And I took, you know, I, I sat down, it probably took me a week to do it, but it was, you know, I had some stuff from college, uh, and, and other things that I remember, um, through other coaches, like, you know, my football coach was Woody Bennett. And, and one of the things was, you know, be a gentleman at all times, you know, open the doors for, for people and, you know, dress mm-hmm. nicely. And, and we still have a lot of that stuff today. Uh, we're, you know, we're on the road and we want to dress up for, you know, we're in ties and, and, and shoes, you know, like hard sole shoes. Um, so, but it, but, you know, moving on from there, you know, learning from, you know, you know, going to Camp Cascade a bunch and learning from Barry Adams, uh, you know, Bob Douglas. I mean, Bob was great in terms of keeping things light and fun. And, um, and, and I think that's huge with kids nowadays. You, you got to have some fun. Oh, yeah. You can't be that. I mean, sometimes, you know, going back to Dave, he would, you know, he was, he was pretty tough on us. And there was not a lot of fun, I guess, but it, but it was, you know, the fun was winning those games and, right. and doing that. But, uh, but, you know, learning Everett, uh, you know, I've even sat down with Evan Brown quite a bit. And in fact, some of her offense is part of his, you know, high one four, uh, that, that we've used. In fact, uh, in 2000, 14, that's really all we used and, you know, winning the state title doing that. Um, and of course, Bob, and I still talk to Bob as well, uh, you know, talking about concepts on defense. And, and so I, I, we've really changed and matured, I feel, since when I first started. Um, you know, we, you know, we run a pack line defense and we'll do that mover blocker as well offensively. And, and, and it's just things you, you just keep reaching out for something new. Um, right. And, and then, but you have old stuff that's, that's there that always works all the time. And you think, you know, hey, this is what they're going to do, but it works. So, uh, oh, yeah. And, and just taking pieces from everybody and, and molding that to be yourself, I guess. And, and, you know, cause I, obviously, I, you know, we all steal things from everybody because we, not very often do we invent it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think we'll do different things this year even than we have in the past, you know, defensively and, and some offensive stuff. So, right. Um, and, and again, it's just from learning and, 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 and being a part of it and watching and, you know, I, there's so many good coaches out there that, you know, they, they've got something for you to learn from. Oh, and I've, I've been blessed to have, have that opportunities. So when you talk about, and this seems to be a theme with all the great coaches that we've talked to is they're in constant growth. There's, there's, there's um, always something to learn. There's always something to glean and there's a certain level of humility, humility in that. And so when it comes to, you know, you as a coach being humble enough to go and talk to Coach Rothenberger and go talk to a younger guy like Coach Tufts, um, what's that? I mean, do you feel like that you try to teach that to your kids as well? Um, that just that 
you know, because sometimes we get these players that think they know everything and uh, they've got an attitude like, you know, there's nothing else to, to learn and you should just let them do what they want. I mean, how, do you experience that ever? And then if you do, how do you give that spirit of humility and that spirit of, you know, being a constant learner that you have to them? Yeah, that's, that's another good question. Um, I think, you know, we do, we do get that at times where guys, guys are thinking, well, I, you know, I already know that. I already know this. Um, but then, you know, we can humble them in certain aspects. Like, oh, well, what if we do this? Um, or like a counter. Um, oh, okay. And, and we'll do it in front of the, in front of the group. But, but not, not as a, an embarrassing moment. We're not trying to embarrass them, but we're trying to teach them and, and learn. Okay. What if, what if they hedge the screen really heavy? What are we going to do? Oh, I'm just going to roll. Or, okay, well, what about, you ever thought about pick and pop? Um, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so, so we, you know, we're trying to teach them, um, you know, the, the game itself. Um, it, it's harder now, it seems like, it, than it was in the past because not as many kids are watching basketball games. Um, Isn't it interesting? Yeah. And when I first started, I loved, you know, I love college basketball. Oh, yeah. And, and a little bit of pro. I can kind of see some stuff that, you know, with the pro stuff that, that we do a little bit uh, with the mover blocker. But uh, uh, so kids aren't, I mean, they're on a video game. You know, they're creating themselves on a video game and dunking, you know, 40 times a game. And, well, that's not reality. And, and so the reality is watching those games, you know, and learning from, you know, like learning a play. And, oh, wow, look at that. Look what, look what that guy did. Um, and it just doesn't happen as much anymore with, with our society and, and the way it is. It's so and interesting so, you say that because um, – and sorry to cut you off, but, um, you know, my, my son, T, he's a second grader, and uh, I, I'll just be watching – I mean, we'll – I've just start watching games with them. Even in the off season, like uh, on ESPN, the, the, the app, you can kind of go back and watch – all kinds of games, college games from last year, year before. And uh, I'll catch him on YouTube just watching basketball games from the past. And uh, I, I just wanted to instill that in him, like, hey, this is fun. Like, you can kind of see, um, you know, what the history of the game is. You could even go back and watch, you know, Duke back in the early 2000s with, you know, J.J. Redick or Jason Williams. And so he'll do that. And then, you know, he points stuff out. And, I got that, you know, because I love to do it, just like you're talking about. Because I mean, before the video games, before all that stuff, it was like, what, what do, what do you do? You know, you're watching TV. Yeah. What are you watching? You're watching games. I mean, that's what I try right. to do. And I, I can't right. tell you how many times I have been watching a game, and it's like, whoa, what was that play? And it's normally a college game, and I'll go back and I'll draw it out, and like I'm using that, and we use it in like you know the next game or whatever, and it works. Yeah. And you're just like, this is incredible. It's like a it's a never ending flow of of ideas. Oh, for sure. It, you know, I I do the exact same thing. I'll like like an inbounds play or or something like. How the heck did that guy get open? So I'll I'll sit and rewind it three or four different times, watching it. And yep. My wife gets so mad at me when I do that though. I'm like, <laughs> I want to run this play. Yeah. You know, it's like I want to watch the game. And it's like, well, I, I got it. You're I lucky your wife wants to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, she's a big <laughs> basketball junkie. She she actually played in college as well, and uh, and does our book for us. So she's she's into the games. And shoot, I mean, I I talk to her all the time about basketball. She's a she's a good mind, so good help for me. That's great. So you're you're sitting there, and and the kids. I mean, we go back to that, you know, teaching the kids. And I interrupted you. Sorry about that, but. The kid, we're, we're talking about just, you know, trying to teach that humility and that, that desire to learn. I mean, do you, do you watch film with your kids? Do you, do you show them how to learn or do they just kind of naturally get it from, you know, just being in the program? This is the, this is the expectation. This is how you maintain this level of excellence. And this is what you need to do. How does, how does, how do you do that? Well, we do watch a lot of film. Uh, probably not as much as we should. But time gets to be an issue, you know, and we we don't want the kids being in, you know, in the classroom watching film uh, every day type deal. But we got to learn from it. Um, so we definitely watch film, and that's that's another good thing too, uh, bringing humility. Um, you know, we can watch somebody try to set a screen or something, and and we'll watch it, and I'll be like, hey. Look at Ty trying to set a screen right here. And then, of course, like, he's screening air. And and so I'll rewind <laughs> three or four different times. I'm like, oh, look at that good screen. Look at that. Man, he really got a hold of somebody on that one. Man, do you see that, guys? You know, and just I'll rewind it again. or And the kids will start laughing and giggling about it. And and, and so that's huge in humility as well. Um, you know, and we're not trying to – Film doesn't lie. Yeah, exactly, you know. I'm not trying to put them down. I'm just, I'm just, you know, hey, this is not the way we do it, right? And 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 you're right. It's become an expectation that we do things correctly and do them right. Um, and 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 you know, gosh, it's, I've been very fortunate to to have talent come through. Um, obviously, if you don't have a lot of talent. Uh, you know, it's not so much uh, about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's, you know, really, when you think right. about it. I mean, um, but, you know, but then again, there, there is a certain expectation with, with, with basketball. Um, you know, for instance, our, our football program kind of goes up and down because we just don't get that type of kid sometimes. And but our basketball, you know, in fact, I was talking to Raheem the other day, tough, and – I'm telling him our size. He's like, well, how big a school? I go, we're about 400. You know, we're, we're one of the smallest schools in 4A. And he goes, he goes, we are 1600 and I can't get that size. And so we're just, oh, we're, yeah. we're fortunate. We're lucky to get, get that. And that comes through and probably more often than not, just, just the way basketball's been, been become like, like kind of a monster in our community type deal. Yep. Um, so, so that's been that's been fantastic that way, and 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 I guess going back to the humility part of it too is is you know is teaching and and let him let him have a little humble pie once in a while, and to you know whether it be in practice situations or film, I mean film's a little bit more better because you can really really see it and everybody sees it, and so whether it be you know even even just a mislaying. And you know, wide open, and kids do it. They, you know, it happens. Um, and so, just to kind of rewind that and go, "Hey, look at that!" You know, type deal. And 
gosh, we could have won the game on this last second layup by yourself, but no, we've got to go to overtime. So, you know, I, I think it's good to teach them that. And, um, you know, other things that that we do in terms of humility, I think, as well, is, is I, I really try to let – I'm off campus. And so I try to let our teachers know that if there's anything going on, please let me know. Like if there's, if there's, you know, somebody's being unruly in class, call me. I will take care of it. And and you know, or, or they're just being a knucklehead. And so, because kids want to play basketball, they don't always want to go to school. So, right. you know, we we get it. They're going to be there no matter what. Well. The discipline part of it, I can I can help the teachers in the classroom a lot better them, um, and and they appreciate that because they know I have their back, and and they'll come to me and go, hey, you know, Cole was in that class today. What happened? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Let me check on it. I'll figure it out for you, and or or whatever. So, um, you know, yeah. So I think all that kind of kind of almost blends together a little bit, discipline and humility as well. Yep, I love that. Um, you know, I I I love everything about um you know, I love everything about this moments program. I mean, just walking into the gym, you just feel the tradition, you feel the um the expectations, you know, and that's I mean, when I was at Toledo, I that's why I definitely tried to play you guys and get our butt kicked once a summer just so we could go you know, see what it's like. This is the expectation. This is what we're trying to build. And, uh, you know, I just want you to know, I think you've done a great job since, I mean, from taking over, you know, I, obviously I went to college and I was gone for a long time. Then I came back and I mean, it was the same thing. It just kept rolling. I don't know if there was peaks and valleys in there, but, uh, you know, from what I've seen, it's just, it's just, I, I would say you're the, you're, you are the, one of the blue bloods of, um, you know, whether you want to call it 3A or 4A basketball, um, you know, it's 4A now, but, uh, definitely one of the blue bloods, um, there are, and, and that's because of you and your staff and what you've done. So I just want to give you props on that and definitely want well, you to. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and, and, you know, I've had the same JV coach, uh, for a few years and, and well, actually the whole time. So he's, you know, kind of my right hand man and, and great you know, guy. He is a good guy. And I know sometimes you guys coaching against each other. I've seen a couple of times and it, he, he gets pretty fiery and, and sometimes oh, you do too. And, and it's so all, it's, it's all just my, my mentality is this, to be honest with you. My mentality is I understand where you guys are and I understand where we are, you know, right now. And uh, the kids, the kids, they just need to understand. It's really just a projection of like, hey, guys, if you want to get there, you can't, you can't bow down to anything. You have to just go at it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the same sure. mentality I took at Toledo when we we're going against Gary Hole at Western Mennonites. Like, we have to go at them if you want to be competitive. And I think the 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 competition is amazing. I don't care if we lose or win. It's just, I mean, obviously, it's good to win, but um, it's just like, and then no wonder you're successful when you have a JV coach like Eddie. He does a great job, you know. And so really I does. just think it's it's so fun to to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, I've had several different freshman coaches, and um, you know, coach Coach Silva, who's 
moved on and, you know, uh, you know, I had, had a bunch you know, now we have Aaron Shermerhorn who, who has tons of varsity experience. I mean, he's been around for a long time, a lot of different programs and he brings some stuff to us as well. And it's nice that he's able to, he typically practices in our auxiliary gym and he, he does a great job because, uh, you know, he's got all the drills, you know, from the years of, of coaching and, and we can kind of leave him alone and say, okay, you've got the gym over here. Um, you know, typically in most situations. Um, sometimes we have our JVs practice with the freshmen. Depends on disparity of talent type deal. So, but, uh, and then I want, I was going to touch on too, you know, it, it, we've had really good runs. There's no doubt about it. And, but we have had some years where it's been a little rough, um, where, where kids weren't as talented and maybe they, they would try to run a little rough shot deal and it, it was a difficult few years that we had where kids just you know they, they didn't want to they didn't want to listen there was a few that were fine but they, they didn't have much talent but the ones that had some talent were you know tough to deal with and so there was there was definitely some years that uh, we weren't nearly as good as we could have been um and so that was that was tough to deal with, and but then you could see talent coming and good kids coming. Um, and normally, normally in those situations, when we do have good kids, uh, the the kids that have a, a a poor attitude or don't work as hard, they don't last. Um, they may mm-hmm. play their freshman year, but after that, they're not coming back. Uh, and it's not me telling them not to come back, but it's. It's, you know, because we want them to be great kids. We don't, you know, we don't want them screwing around between games. Uh, that, you know, they need to sit together. Um, you know, so those kind of kids in our program don't last. They just don't make it all the way through. Um, there, there was one this last year that graduated that uh, there's no way in heck I would have thought he'd ever make it through uh, after his freshman, maybe sophomore year. But he stuck with it. His attitude changed immensely it was unreal and and you know we even said it at the end of the season just like we can't believe you made it through you know we just it just doesn't work that way you know type deal with how how hard we work in practice and things like that and the demand that we put on, put on them um but but yeah uh, you know for the most part we've we've been very fortunate to have some really good good years and good kids come through and and you know we'll We'll tell them our expectations get to stay turned every year, no matter what. And Great. if it's not win it, we're we're going into it. You know, and you know, for instance, this year, you know, expectations not to lose a game. Um, that's you know, and then our kids have actually said that. It wasn't me. It's our guys saying we're not losing this year. So you know, that, that kind of puts a <laughs> little bit of bullet on your back, but. We'll we'll see how good we can be after uh, I believe it's December third when we open up with Junction City. That's we'll right. How that well, Coach, um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll get back to that. But uh, we'll return um, for more with Coach Blake Ecker right after this on the Oregon Basketball Coaches Podcast. Can't get enough of the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association podcast. Go to our podcast website at anchor.fm slash OBCA 
and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you meet your podcast needs. Welcome back to the Oregon Basketball Coaches Podcast. Eddie Townsend here with boys basketball coach at Palomas High School, Coach Blake Ecker. Hey, Coach. So, you know, as right after we left um, the the last segment there, you were just getting into your expectations for this upcoming season. Um, and I, I, I totally know what that what, – when you have a team that's a contender and, um, you know, everybody's excited, most of your team's coming back from last year that – I mean, you know, I don't – Maybe you would have thought that, you know, at the end, after you guys went and, you know, you it, you didn't do exactly what you wanted to do at the state tournament. But if you, that's the thing that's kind of tough is you go, you made it to the state tournament, which there's only eight teams that make it. And that's like a huge deal. And I know how big of a deal it is. I mean, I think a lot of maybe kids don't fully understand how big of a deal it is and how hard it is to get there. I'm sure, you know, the teams I've coached, I haven't gotten there would love to get there. So, but, you know, you maybe didn't do as much or as well as you wanted to do last season. But like I said, you got this team coming back and you kind of talked a little bit about their expectations. So what are your thoughts on the upcoming season? What are your expectations? How are you preparing for it? Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, we're, you know, we're, we practice a little bit in the mornings already. Um, We're, you know, there's the new rule, no rule of two, I guess. And so uh, guys that aren't doing fall sports, uh, but some do come in and shoot or we'll do some drills and shooting drills and things like that. And we'll go, you know, we're just going to go out. We're going to go, uh, like we're going Tuesdays and Thursdays, 6.15 in the morning till 7.15. And, you know, our expectation this year is definitely, I mean, I, uh, to be honest and humbly honest, that we, I mean, we have a really good shot of uh, taking home, you know, the blue trophy. Uh, we, For we sure. Yeah. And, you know, but it takes it, it takes a lot of luck, though, too. Um, you know, we went in in 14. And 2015, we're ranked number two going in. And we get to the semis, and we lose to North Marion. Who by seven. We, yeah, by seven. And we had already beat them twice by 20 plus in league. And so and what happened there? Was it, was it expectations? Was it mindset or was it them? It was us. It was us. We just didn't play well. Mm-hmm. Um, even the game before we played Madras and they had a, they had a really good guard that year. And, and we were, we were lucky to get out of there with a victory. Um, and we, we held them to, to four points or something like that, six points. And he was averaging 20-plus. So we were lucky to get through that round. And then we just we just didn't play well. We didn't hit at the right moment, right? And so, you know, we – I think you know, what actually happened is you were trying to give Raheem his only state title. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. <laughs> but uh, – you know, in fact, we beat them at their place that year too. So we, I think we lost three games, maybe four games right. that year. And so, you know, that's a pretty good year. And and here you are. And then we lose. We lost two in a row. And then we lose North Bend, who was the number one seed. Well, that was a weird deal because I mean, you know, you run if you run back state 
tournaments, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, how they do it on the video games where you can, like, run the season through in, like, five seconds, and it's just a, uh, you know, simulation. I mean, if you yeah. run that state tournament back, North Bend gets upset by Skepus. I mean, it's a 1-5 upset, and I think they lost by three in the semis. And then uh-huh. you guys, um, you know, you're, I mean, North Marion, surprise, surprise, the 11 seed coming in, and they surprise you. And then you got the 1-2 playing for the third-place trophy. <laughs> you know, that's just kind of crazy, you know, it was. in that season. It was. No doubt about it. You know, and then, then we come back in 16, and right. we win it again. Uh, so... So you know, we, we, you know, we got we got through. We, we beat Seaside in the finals, right? And we pretty much have everybody coming back again for seventeen. So, but in that summer, that's when uh, there was a hazing incident with the football team, right? And so it, it took out the player of the year in our league, um, probably the next best player, and maybe the most athletic kid we've ever had, and Cal Phoebe. And Riley Davis was the player of the year. Uh, but Riley was not able to play basketball, his backup, and then our sixth man who may have been a, may have been a starter that year. Right. Um, and so we still had enough talent though and, and played well enough. We got to the tournament as a four but, seed. Yeah. I and mean, it's yeah. still a pretty good season. Yeah. Still a good year, but gosh, if we had those, I mean, oh man, it, it was, we could have. I mean, you look at that four-year block. Even if you lose one guy, just one guy, that's a huge hit. To lose three and to still be the four seed, that's a big deal. And our point, and then our point guard, cool, Hmm. the starter and his backup. And so we we had a, you know, we had to adjust a little bit and and still had a had a good year, no doubt about it. But you know, you think woulda, coulda, shoulda, but. The luck and circumstances, I think, play a part in winning a state title as well. Um, you know, you, let's say you sprain an ankle or, mm-hmm. you know, like, for instance, Ty May or Cole Beardsley, you know, they, they're out with an ankle. They sprain an ankle the day before in a game and you don't, you know, they're not available. You know, it just happens. I mean, so you got to have some luck in there too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I I think you know we'll be we'll be definitely in the thick of things, um, you know, you know we got a tough schedule, you know we we open up with Redmond down in Marshfield, um, uh, then we go to Ketchikan, Alaska this year. What's that and, experience like for you? Oh, it's unreal! It's unreal! It's one of the best basketball experience a kid can have. Um, mm-hmm. So in Ketchikan. There's not a lot to do, especially in the wintertime. Now, all the shops are closed down. Uh, the cruise ships aren't coming in. And so Southeast Alaska basketball is is what they love. They love that. And so their gym, you know, it's kind of a double-decker gym. Um, it, it, it's just an amazing experience. It's packed, especially for the Ketchikan games. Um, you know, I know the Ketchikan coach pretty well now, and so – when we go up, we try to schedule, you know, each other into the semifinal. And and I know I'm 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 playing the home team, and they're going to be good this year. Uh, but it's packed. It's homecoming night. Uh, mm. It's a little different. Homecoming is during basketball season because well, basketball I feel like that. Teams. 
You know, I, I, I tried to create a situation in, in Toledo where there was a homecoming situation, but like winter ball for basketball season. And I just thought that would be a good idea if you did that, but keep going. Sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. So it, it, it means, so it's packed. You're, you're the enemy. Right. And, <laughs> but it's just an amazing experience. It's, how big I don't know. Is that? It's about 400, 450. So not really. So the gym, big, the gym just packed out. Packed. And uh, they'll put bleachers on the, roll away bleachers on the end. And those mm. will be full. Um, it, it's, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, yep. Years ago, we used to stay with families. And so, for instance, maybe you would take two kids from Philomas and, and house them and feed them and get them to where they need to be. Um, but that's kind of gone away since COVID. And I think there might have been some issues uh, maybe with some parents or something that happened or kids. I don't know. So it's going a little different now. But but the whole experience up there is is really good. I mean, it's, they treat you really well. You know, even though you're the enemy during that one game, you know, you're shaking hands, and and the crowd's happy after the game. They just they just want to see a good game. Um, it, it, it's really neat. I, you know, everybody says, well, why don't you go to Hawaii? Or, well, I remember in ninety, oh, gosh, I can't remember. Uh, Coach Garvin took a team to San Diego, and we went to Disneyland, and so on and so forth. But the only people that are in the crowds are the parents. Right. So. I mean, it's fun going in the warm weather and all that stuff, but it is nothing compared to Catch Can. It's just, you know, every ever from town comes. And we've gone so many times now that, you know, I've built relationships. And, in fact, I took my son uh, before his senior year. Him and I took a fishing trip up there, and I stayed with one of the coaches that was up there and, and his family. So it was, it was pretty neat. So, um, I you know. It's getting to be a little bit spending, and they get a little bit stipend to come up. But you know, airfares are really going up, and so it's a, it's a, it's a steep expense now. But so you got to fly so, in and then take a ferry across the, the little uh, inlet there, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's five bucks for the ferry. But uh, one year we we had it actually was a good experience. We we there was too much snow and catch cans. So we had to land in Wrangell, and. They didn't know what to do with us, so they they got us off the plane there. Well, they asked us like, well, "Hey, do you guys want to play a game?" Sure, no we'll way. Play a game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at first we were supposed to stay in the library that night. Well, they ended up housing all of our kids out, and we stayed with the athletic director. Um, they they put together this game, and I mean, uh, literally within an hour. Or so I, I had a news reporter coming to us and go. Hey, how did you end up here? You're playing a game tonight, and you know. So I had to tell them the whole story why we're there, and then you know they're here. Here's the keys to the van, school van. Why don't you guys go down and snow everywhere, right? Uh, go down and get this. There's a burger place. You guys go get burgers and hang out, and then come back. And I mean, you don't do that here. I mean, you got to you have to sign your life away to to get a, a van, school van or something like that right now, but. Oh so yeah, it's a totally different mentality. Uh, so we played the game, and they were a smaller school, but there was a there was a good crowd. I mean, just spur of the moment. And so, wow. 
we ended up uh, getting on a ferry and going down the inside passage, passage and getting back to Ketchikan the next morning. And we got there about 20 minutes before game time against <laughs> the team. Yeah, it was awful. And I, I'm like, hey, can we get a little more time? We just got here. And the guy goes, no, nope, any more time, warm time. And so we played a team out of uh, Palm Springs. And they were, they were good. They were really good. And they, they just pummeled us. Time. So it was a good experience, though. And, and uh, probably the worst part is we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't get off and catch a can. So they canceled our return tickets. Oh, no. Yeah. So we, so we had to, you know, we'd get on, you know, there's about three or four flights that go out. And so we had to stay there all day. And like a group of five would go out and a, you know, a group of six, and and then I and a couple, a parent, another coach, I think, had to stay overnight, and then we got home the next day. So, but you know, it, it was fun. It was fun. That is so cool. What a great, I mean, what a great tradition. And those memories, I mean, th- that's what sticks with the kids. It's a lot of the times the games don't. It's all those experiences you're talking about. What a, what a great yeah. idea. So what what yeah. started that idea? What was the well? The actually, Coach uh, Garvin had gone one year, the year, or two years before, a year before I took over, and so when I came in, uh, we were scheduled to go again, and so I'm like, well, and we had no money in our account, <laughs> so we had to figure out how to fundraise. I think we borrowed a little bit from the school and paid them back, um, but got there, we that year. I think we, yeah, we made the finals and played Marist in the final. Um, really? Yeah, and they had they had some studs. They were tough. And they were really good. They had those two big kids. Um, and yeah, we, we played them, and we I think we had the lead on them until the very end, and they they pulled away just by a few points. But uh, uh, you know, interesting that you go up there and play. And I know Wilsonville was there last year. And they they won the tournament, um, but I you know enjoy the heck out of it. You know and the company's good. Um, you know, we also like to travel during the summertime. Um, yeah, I was going to get into that. To... So when you talk about just real quick, when we talk about you know your your program and any program that wants to be successful and be at an elite level and to continue to grow, um, especially with big time team expectations. You know, what are some things that you traditionally do in the summer? What do you think, a tr- uh, you know, an elite program has to do in the summer in order to maintain and even grow in in what they are as a team and as individuals? Yeah, you know, definitely, you know, we, we do, a, you know, like a summer league where we schedule Newport, Toledo, whomever, and we, we only play on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then the weekends. So the reason why we do that is, we're so small of a school that we have multiple uh, athletes that play multiple sports. And so we say, okay, baseball gets Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I'll take Tuesday, Thursday. And we don't go every weekend, probably, probably maybe three weekends, maybe or not two, but so we'll, we'll get double headers. And so we'll play two games a night. Um, and it's just paying for the cost of the officials. Um, so we'll do that. We 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 do have a couple practices. We're really we you know it's really casual. We just review plays, uh, things that kids want to know. I mean, 
that our guys know what you know. Like we we uh, ran offense the other morning and and they had no problem running it. So after not practicing since last last June, so um, so we'll do that. And then we we really like to go to a team camp and, and get away. Um, we've been going to the University of Nevada Reno. Uh, that was great. Um, it, we stopped going to that because it, it kind of stopped it once. Uh, once one of their coaching staffs was let go. And so then we thought, well, hey, let's try Tahoe. And so we've been going to Tahoe for quite a few years. Um, we get a house, um, you know, rent vans and, and shoot down there. Um, a lot of people or a lot of parents would come down there and, you know, vacation type deal. And it's good in some aspects because they can kind of help get groceries and things of that nature and, and what we'll do is, you know, outside of basketball, we'll have, you know, hey, you three have dinner tonight. You three have laundry. You three got to clean up. Um, things, you know, and so we're giving them chores, things to do that they have to do. Uh, or these guys got breakfast. Um, you know, where are we going? What are we going to do? Where are we going to sightsee? Sometimes we'd go down to, you know, Carson City, and there's a Carson City Mint. Which is pretty cool. Some some guys like it, some guys don't. But uh, I know that uh, there have been players that have gone again and have told me, "Yeah, we liked it so much, we went again and visited you know, after they graduated." Um, but so we, I like to do that, and that's kind of our culmination uh, of our of our season type deal. We go, we probably play thirty games. I don't want I don't want to play too many because I want them to have a summer as well. Right. Um, but maybe they're playing on an all-star team or something of that nature. Uh, so they're going to get a lot more games there. And then baseball starts doing some stuff in July. And then, then it comes to football. Football kind of goes late now, which is fantastic because if they, if they do it the first week, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because the kids are going to lose all that knowledge. If they do their camps and stuff like that, before they can get going, you know, in late July. I mean, that seems to make sense for football to do that. It's so interesting that you talk about this because, you know, I've talked to, I talked to Doug about it last week and, um, and I've talked to, you know, Doug Miles and I, I talked to a number of different people just, you know, not on a podcast, but just regularly. Cause I've seen, um, you know, as a personal experience and just talking to people, that battle that there is, um, and there shouldn't be, um, but it's very tough with the June schedule. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he, Doug was saying, you know, he, he, he was at Marshfield with Weigel. He was at Dayton with Dewey Sullivan. I mean, two of the greats of Oregon football coaching history. And, uh, they, they neither of them did anything in June. They would wait until yeah. July, mid July. And it just seems like, you know, what we we battle um that here it's like you got basketball you got baseball is a huge one here and then you know football i mean where football's trying to do you know three four five practices a week and you know <clears throat> it just it gets unhealthy and you know no. you just wonder how much do you get from it yeah it's tough on the kids i mean you know Especially if they have to choose between a sport. You know, hey, I got a basketball game yep. and I got a football. Well, we do a pretty good job here with it. I mean, 
I worked pretty well with a baseball coach. And, uh, you know, and we try to adhere to those schedules. If, if there's a conflict, like let's say there's a basketball game on Tuesday and they schedule a baseball game, our deal is you go to the basketball game and vice versa. versa. If it's a Wednesday, well, you're playing baseball, you know, no doubts about it. You're going to play baseball, not, not do basketball. So, you know, it works out good for us that way. Um, you know, last year, you know, it was the first year in a while we didn't, we didn't travel out of state. Um, we ended up going to Seaside and did their camp, rented a house. And, and then one of the, one of the cool things that we did is I, I said, Hey guys, you have any clam guns? We're going to go clamming. And, uh, so we got all these clam guns. Uh, you know, Coach Westerholm, uh, Bart Rothenberger brought a couple over the night before. We, uh, so I got them up at five in the morning and we all went clamming. And they weren't very happy at five in the morning, but, but we, uh, we had a great time. Everybody limited out in clams and, you know, we cooked them up that next day. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was great. I mean, we, some, some kids liked them, some didn't, but it was fun. It was a great experience. Uh, just something out of the blue, something that has nothing to do with basketball, but just going having fun and, you know, bonding and just learning about each other and having fun. And I, I think those are huge things to do, especially in the summertime. Uh, cause you don't have, I don't, I don't want to go forever. You know, for me, it's, you know, you can burn yourself out. Um, you know, I did that organized team as well this year and I got kind of burnt out. You know, we we didn't get done till about July 20th, and so and we were doing stuff in May as well. And so I was I was ready to be done, take a break. But I love so that I don't want you that. guys brought back the Oregon Ice. I mean, how what was that experience like? As you you know, you got that going, and uh, you know, I played on Oregon Ice back in the day with Koyata and a couple of that, yeah. a couple other guys. Uh, I think Coach Ryzen, um he was our coach um, uh-huh. way back in the day. What is your experience bringing that back, and how'd that go? Well, um, so I started doing it with Cliff Wagner, and you know another guy to to really lean on too. He was he's been great, uh, and so he coached the top seven teams, and I would coach the next set of seven teams, and I did that for five six years, and then my son was coming through, so I decided to do his group and bring them up. And then Coach uh, Wagner got out of it. And so me and Ryan Svensson were kind of going to take it over. And it ended up being a lot of work. And and I and things were going differently. We used to have tryouts. I think probably oh, yeah. when you played, yeah, we had a tryout system. I, I mean, there was – when I, when, I, when I played, uh, there was probably, I don't know, 60, 70 kids at the tryouts, you know, yeah. all over the state. Yep, it's not like that anymore. Now it's hand picked, and you got to hand pick them early. If not, right. they're they're on some other team, and and so this year, you know, I I did it because of you know the two guys that that we have. They wanted to do something, and so Cole and Beardley and, and Ty May came along, and so then I just started searching for guys, and, uh, and that's where I got Bart's kids. Uh, two kids from Junction City. Um, who else did we have? A lot of 4A guys. Uh, one kid from Corvallis. Uh, but we ended up having a, a great 
summer. I mean, it was it was fun. I mean, we went to Seattle a couple times, Irvine, uh, and then Vegas and Vancouver. So, but it was a lot of work, a lot of time, and and it, it was fun. It was a good group to work with, and we, we actually went to the big time tournament in Vegas and got to the final eight, which I've never wow. done that far ever uh, out of the group. And but these guys just they just played hard defensively and rebounded pretty well. And, uh, you know, I think we could have made the final four, uh, but we, we didn't play well that morning that we ended up, we were at the final site, uh, at, uh, it was at, uh, you're trying to take the school, big time football Bishop, school, Bishop Gorman. Bishop Gorman. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were there and, uh, just ran out of gas, I guess. So, but it, it was a good time. It was good to get to know, like, some of the kids and um, that are that, you know, we're going to play against next year so or this coming year. So it's a good time. So when you're – when you talk about, uh, you know, all of your experiences, I mean, I, I love to do this. Um, I go back and – I mean, right now you're sitting at 320 wins. You know, you've been at FOMA for 18 years. Well, this is up through 2020, so it's not even the full – deal but i mean through 2020 you, you have 320 wins um two state titles 2014 2016 and you know probably one of your better teams i mean you're ranked number two in the state in, in 2020 uh that's the year we won the state title and then they shut down you know everything in the world with covid um yeah. going into that i mean that's an incredible and we could go through you know your state appearances and your other trophies that you've won outside of just state titles. I mean, what is your thought on, I mean, how you, you go back and you reflect, I've been, you've been doing it for, or, you know, as a head coach around 20 years. I mean, that that's a pretty big undertaking of what you've done. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, again, like that 2020 team, uh, we, we just played well together. Um, it wasn't the most talented team in the world overall. Uh, but but they all got along and, and knew their roles and, and played well. And so who knows what could happen down there. I mean, you, you, know, you would look at us on the court. You're like, oh, these guys are going to get beat by 20. And then we'd come out and win convincingly. Um, it, they just they just they just did their roles and, and did what we asked them to do. And and we were successful. Um, you know, I I do think you know again going back to our kids. You know, they do have an expectation of what they they want and what we want as coaches, and it's very clear. And so they try to attain that. Um, you know, and, and we as coaches too. I mean, we 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 really try hard. We work hard. Um, you know, scheming. You know, watching film. Um, you know you know, seeing tendencies of other teams and players. Um, you know, we work hard at that. Um, you know, and we've been fortunate. We've just been fortunate, you know, to have good kids and, and, and I'm I'm blessed to have that. I'm blessed to have a great coaching staff. and, and all that's gotta to come together to be successful. Um, and, yeah, I've thought a lot about that because, you know, uh, I walked into a Toledo job with just, I mean, I remember the first open gym I showed up and it's just like, wait, this is a two-way school. You know, I got like a couple yeah. just excellent athletes and it just continued. 
And sometimes, that, you know, you go up against coaches that are great men. They do a good job. They, you know, their teams play hard. They're all their X's and O's and their defense is solid, but they just don't have the talent. And, and they just endure season after season of not doing maybe very well. So it, it really shows you, it's like, man, if you're blessed with just being in the right community and having the right support staff around you, but it's also the man, I think also, you know, holding that standard and holding um, that expectation of, of success is huge. So uh, that's a big yeah. deal. So um, moving along, I mean, you you've had the opportunity to coach in some big time uh, games, uh, you know, rivalries. What would you say is Philomath's biggest rival, you know, in your hmm. 20 years as, as coach? Well, that's a great question. So it used to be Central. Everybody hates Central. And, yep. you know, Central's in the league when I played. And I actually and... have on my notes Central memories. That's what I was trying to get to. So <laughs> we're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we hated Central. So, um, but now, obviously, you know, our, the kids that have grown up, grown up later on, Central's out of the league. Uh, it's always Cascade. You know, they look at Cascade and we want to beat Cascade. And so right. – there's always there was always that date on the calendar, you know. You know, I mean, they're they're talented. They're going to be really good again as well. You know, it's you know they're they're twice the size of us, and so you know they get they get some they get some players, and so you know, I mean, that's that's definitely the, the you know the, the one we're going to circle on the calendar. And it's and I, I think and you, it's, you know, Philomath is similar to Newport. We're we're right on the edge. We could easily go three A. You know, and then you got another yeah. team on the other side of, in the league who, you know, maybe should be 5A. You never know. Yeah. But it's just like – but you still got to battle them. There's, you can't you, – you shed those uh, excuses. I mean, they were tough last year. They were really tough, yeah. and it looks like they're going to be tough again. So what are your thoughts going into that, you know, going into that battle? Well, you know, like last year we split with them, and, you know – the you know, the first game we played really well. Second game plays good, but they did some stuff that that bothered us um, for sure, and, and we didn't do a very good job with it. Um, I, I haven't really seen them in the summertime. Um, I know they have a new coach, and I know some of his tendencies that he likes to do, and so we'll, we'll be expecting that. And um, you know, we know there's personnel coming back, and they do have a few new guys that are coming in as well. And mm-hmm. so uh, I haven't seen them. They're, they're either from another school or, and, and moved in or transferred in. And so we'll see. We'll see what, what they do. You know, I know that one of their point guards had blown his knee out last year. And so I, I think he's a pretty good player. And, and but again, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, you know, next game, you know, you know, we're also, you know, very focused on right now Junction City um, because there are ties there with me as a coach and uh, and you know coaching this, this summer along with our kids knowing each other and things like that. They get along really well. So I, I think after that game, it, it's focusing on the next one. I, you know, I try not to look too far ahead at all, um, right. but it definitely you know you, you, it's out there and you you know it's out there and you know it's coming. But you know, it's one game at a time. You know, we, you know, for instance, Redmond. Redmond's going to be another tough one. They got a big post that's really good. 
Um, and that's, you know, I see that uh, looming as well. And so, but, but like I, like I tell our guys, it, it, it's game by game. We got to focus up for the next one. Um, right. it, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, it, you know, it, it, it could be going to Newport, whatever. And, you know, I mean, you guys are always scrappy and play hard and, 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 you know, you got more talent coming through. So it's like, all right, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta buckle up here. You know, there's no game that's going to be a gimme. And, you know, with, with our league, I mean, I know some people that might be listening. It's like, okay, we get it. But in our league, we I'd say, and this is how it is in every division, maybe other than the six A's, um, you know, every single division classification, one A, um, pretty similar, but two A for sure, three A, four A, it's that Salem area, whatever that league is, is the toughest league. You know, and so you got 2A with the Western Mennonite, the Regis, the Kennedys, and all those groups. And then 4A, I mean, this league is by far the best league consistently, I would say, other than maybe Seaside and the Banks League. You know, that's a very good league as well. But, I mean, I'd say over the course of maybe 20 years, 30 years, it seems as though, you know, what used to be the Valco, now the Oregon West is one of the toughest leagues in the state. Um, I mean, coming back, uh, you know, I don't know about Staten. Cascades obviously going to be tough. You're going to be tough. Woodburn moves out. They were a top ten team, and but North Marion comes in. What do you know about North Marion? What are your thoughts on that? You know, North Marion. Um, we played them this summer and and got them. I don't think they're as. I mean, they, they've had some good teams come through. Some good players. Uh, you know, Scanlon. Uh, you know, you know, the year that they they beat us in the semis, I mean, they've been they've had some good players come through there. Um, I don't think they're as good as they 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 have been, like when we when when they're in our league. But they're still they're going to be they're going to be all right. Um, you know, and, and again another another game that you cannot underestimate. Um, you know, you know, we had sisters in our league who it was having some troubles and. And, you know, that was maybe a game that, you know, some guys would definitely overlook and, you know, because they just didn't have a lot of talent. But, you know, I, I think top to bottom, you're right. I, I have this debate all the time with my JV coach because he's from Southern Oregon. And, and you know, there's times that Southern Oregon groups, you know, they get some really good teams too, but not as consistent and overall. You know, I, I think back, you know, your senior year, uh, you know, we finished third in league and we, you know, we're, I don't know, you know, we're, we're 20 plus wins and, and we're not even to the caliber of, of Central and Newport that year. And, and, you know, you think we're pretty good, but we make the state tournament, but, you know, we just weren't even that top notch. And, and so I, I think in consistency level, yes, that. Oregon West has been uh, a very good league overall, and Valco, and um, but then you know, and then I look at Seaside, you know, the uh, the Coapa League, you know, now they got they have Scafoos back in it as well, and they're a big school, been playing at the 5A level, and you know, they lost their best player, he transferred to a prep school in California, uh, which he's probably a Division two guy. If they would have had him. Gosh, who knows how they were going to turn out. Um, but Bill does a great job with his program. Um, you know, and Banks and 
Pat Marlier was doing great, and and Mark Roach when he won the state title up there. Um, so they've had definitely a good run as well, no doubt. And obviously the consistency of Seaside, that's that's impressive as well. Um, yeah. So go, now we're just moving into, um, you know, a couple things, nuts and bolts of your program, you know, I wanted to touch on is you guys kind of have a cool, like, uh, career stat keeping system, I believe. I, I don't know what that is, but I was going to ask you about that. And I was also going to ask you um, about some of your fundraising stuff that you do just for some coaches that, you know, that they struggle with that. Maybe you have some ideas um, that could help somebody that's listening. Sure. Absolutely. So our stats, uh, we really didn't have any before Coach Garvin came in. And so he started doing stats, and I just took the ball with that. And what we do is I'll put together a, a stats at the end of the season, um, and we'll, we'll use huddle. But, you know, when I see something like, hey, this person had 15 assists, well, okay, maybe that's the 15. Maybe that's part of our top five or whatever type deal. Um, and so – I just update that every year, and it works out really well. Um, and so it's good to have. It's really it's fun to look through and um, see who's done what over the course of years. In terms of fundraising, um, you know, we do some Oregon, uh, Oregon amateur tournaments. Uh, those are those are pretty good fundraisers. Um, and then our biggest one, you know, we'll do a program. Uh, and then our biggest one is our pie auction. And so, so the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, um, we have a scrimmage and, you know, we're not many practices in, but we, but we get the uniforms out. We scrimmage, have referees come in. And then we kind of preface it in the weeks before we say, okay, guys, we're going to have our pie auction. And so we, we tell them what we're going to do is, and, you know, we will say like, "Hey, Johnny, you know, what kind of pie are you gonna make?" and and we'll kind of really try to build it up, and we'll build it up with our uh, parents as well, and we'll say, you know, "Hey, listen, this is a great opportunity for your son to have to learn how to make a pie with mom." You know, we want you to make a homemade pie with mom and just have a good time, and so they kind of dig on that quite a bit, and so. We'll uh, we'll have a during the scrimmage. We have an auctioneer, uh, buddy of mine, who does it. He's funny and goofy, and uh, he'll auction off the pies. And each kid, you know, is required to bring a pie, and they'll put a little note: "Hey, this is Grandma's uh, ancient, you know, cinnamon apple pie, uh, you know, baked with love, and so forth." So they'll read that out, and each kid's got to take the pie and go within the crowd and guys start bidding on them. And so it'll, you know, I mean, it's a great time because somebody's going to buy their pie. You know, no the kid's not going to go out there and not going to buy a pie. I mean, that's going to be embarrassing. Right. And so they start building on pies and first couple of years was, was good. And then we really, really have done an awesome job at it. Um, so, the, you know, 30 pies, let's say. Um, my question to you, how much do you think we would make out of 30 pies? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I was given the idea from you, and we did it at Toledo <laughs> for about 
three years and we did yeah. not, I mean, we did, we, we didn't just do pies. We did the dessert auction and it, uh-huh. we did not actually do the scrimmage. We just had an auction and it was pretty fun, but, um, we made a lot. So my guess is Philomas probably made, oh, uh, my guess is like 12 to 15,000. Uh, not quite that high, but we, we, we've made, I think the highest one was over 7,000. That's still so, I mean, just to have, you know, pies, that's it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just pies. and There's it, people that know, grind so hard for like $1,000, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a great fundraiser. Um, it's a fun night. You know, I usually buy a pie. I get stuck buying a pie. Um, but, you know, I always tell everybody, you got to buy one early when people are kind of shy about it. Because uh, as they go up, I mean, they'll go to five, $700 pies. Um Oh yeah, so it's it's a blast and you know good time doing that. It's a long evening, but it's a good fundraiser. Um, and then we also do a free throwathon. Um, you know, and we'll you know and we'll kind of do a competition between varsity JV freshmen, and we'll have it on the board in our locker room. And okay, you know, uh, you know you shoot 100 free throws. We'll keep track of them for them and say okay, you, you know you made 68 free throws and your pledges. They go around and get pledges for, you know, five cents, a dollar, whatever, how many that they've made. And so we do a pretty good job with that. Uh, you know, we'll probably bring in a thousand at least from that. But the competition is at the end of the year, we'll have a, we'll have a pizza, we have a pizza feed. And along with that, um, you know, so the, the winning group gets to sit out first while the other group is doing a full court drill getting a little conditioning in. And so then we'll just move them all over and have pizza. And that same night also what we do is we we do what's called a, a letter to my son, um, which I, I I think it's awesome. And I, I got it from like an ESPN thing that I saw, again, gleaning from somebody else. Um, every father of the seniors gets to write a letter to their son and read it in front of our team. And it's the most emotional, impactful thing I've ever been a part of with basketball. Um, there are so many tears. Um, you know, I, I get emotionally and thinking about it. I had to do it for my son. And, and it was tough. It was tough getting up there. But it, it, it's expressing those emotions that you have for your son. Because dads don't get to do that very often. You know, it's always moms, you know, giving them a hug. Oh, yeah. You know, and saying those things. But here you got dad, dad telling me, hey, I love you, son. I love what you've done. I've been so proud of you. And it, it's a tearjerker. It, it's amazing. And I think it brings a bond to, the, to those fathers and sons. So let me ask you this, because um, that's the, one of the most amazing ideas I've ever heard, um, you know, because I think that that's probably the, the biggest uh, diagnosis with our society right now is you've got a lot of people that, I mean, there's a basically a societal fathership wound, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of what we're mm-hmm. seeing. And uh, what do you do if maybe there's a kid on the team that doesn't have a dad? So we've had moms do it in the past. Um, we've had some not make it. And that's tough, too. And it hasn't happened very often, but... We've had a couple of moms. We invite the moms if they want to do it, you know, if they decide. But 
we kind of just try to do the dads if we can and, and you know it I might not I'm be only... an issue i mean there's not too many because yeah. i remember the only reason i bring this up is because i remember we were playing uh reed sport one year and uh alan cheney he's a great guy down there he coached there for a while and we were talking before the game and he was just he started talking about you know during warm-ups he just started talking about his kids um he's like yeah that kid you know he's living on so-and-so's couch and that kid lives with me and that kid saw you know some domestic abuse and blah blah and i was just i was in disbelief and it started making me think about my team and i was just i went through all my players and literally one through 12 that were warming up every single kid had two parents and i'm just like yeah. no wonder because there would be times where we were playing um, Reed Sport and there would be a kid that would do some weird thing. And you're like, why did that happen? And it's consistent. And then you realize, like, when he's telling me, it's like, oh, he's got some massive trauma in his life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I look at my team and it's like, man, in these big, high-pressure, stressful situations, they just kind of hold it together. And I, would all, I always thought, oh, it's probably because, you know, I'm a strong model in their life it's like no no no. it's because those kids all have two parents in the household so that's why yeah. i asked you know I, and i don't know how many kids you have like that but if those you know they need support and it's tough i i can imagine yeah. that'd be a tough situation if that did arise we definitely get a few um that that are that way and often sometimes it can be like either a coach reading the letter or or maybe it's a grandfather or or mom, um, you know, and the kids kids are going to gravitate to somebody, you know, mom or dad, somebody, and they're going to they're going to ask that person to do it. Um, but now we really haven't had many that's been off, but we have we definitely have had a few moms where maybe dads just could not do it, can't physically do it. They're great guys, but they're like, I can't do that. I just I'll, I'll lose it. I'll you know. It's an amazing time. It's an amazing experience, and uh, we, like I said, we do that every year, and it's a it's a tearjerker, no doubt about it. So, man, that's a great way to end this segment. I appreciate it. Um, I I love it. Uh, we're gonna come right back, take a quick break, and we'll return with uh, Coach Ecker as he tries to beat the shot clock to finish out the podcast. Coaches, as you prepare for Summer League and the upcoming season, don't forget to renew your membership with the OBCA. Membership includes access to resources and mentorship from coaches across the state and the country, as well as access to Lucio technology used by NBA franchises. Membership starts at just $15. Don't delay. Renew your OBCA membership today. Welcome back to the Oregon Coaches Oregon Basketball Coaches Podcast. I'm Eddie Townsend here with Blake Ecker, boys basketball coach at Philomath High School. Hey, before we get into the shot clock questions, um, I wanted to just ask you a couple questions. Um, you have coached your son. Obviously, you guys got to you got the awesome experience of um, winning a state title together. Now he's on your coaching staff, and I just wanted to kind of glean, you know, some some wisdom from you and, you know, other coaches that might be uh, coaching their sons as well. We talked a little bit about earlier, you know, you have dads uh, just writing letters to their son. I mean, it's just all so awesome. And, you know, my son, uh, he's a second grader. I got a second grader. 
And then I also have a four-year-old. So I'm going to have a, a lifelong of coaching here in a bit. I'm already mm -hmm. coaching my son as he, you know, gets going. We're just starting, you know, the travel ball deal. And it's just so fun. And so I just wanted to kind of glean from you what your experiences are coaching your sons and what advice you have for dads that are just starting the course of that journey or, or are in it. So it's funny, like, so I coached Trey in football and Pop Warner and all that stuff. And it was blast. I had, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, and that during basketball season, I just was so busy with my team that, I mean, I'd go to the games, but I, I didn't coach him. You know, I would talk to him on the side a little bit, things like that. But I, you know, and their coaches would, would ask me some advice, but I, I let them do it. And probably until, uh, I guess he, we moved over his eighth grade year. Otherwise, he was in Albany. Um, and then just after that, of course, we did some organized stuff. And then um, then in high school, I coached him, obviously. So it was, you know, most of it was positive. Now, when he was younger, uh, there were some come-to-Jesus moments. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and I remembered two times explicitly, and one time was at team camp, and it was 2013, so the group that won the state title. And he was going to be our starting point guard, and I subbed him out because we were, we were winning pretty big against the team. He didn't like it. So I got on him pretty hard, and even some couple of parents even came over and said, why would you get on your son so hard? And I go, well, he, he wasn't acting appropriately. And so we get back to the dorm rooms, and I said, I brought him in. I said, listen, I'm done with this, and it's either you or me. I'm done, I'm done coaching, or you're off the team. You decide what you want. It's your choice. And I said, go on, get out. And so, I mean, I was, I was furious, and I was done. I was done dealing with it. And But then Ben DeSonier and Cole Chambers came in, and they're both like, Coach, you can't quit. You can't not quit, you know. And so I, they they talked me off the cliff, and Trey came back in later on that afternoon and apologized, and things were quite a bit better after that. And, but uh, I'll never forget that moment. Um, and then, you know, you always want to talk basketball, right? You always After the game, you're like, oh, what about this play? What about that play? What did you right. do that? And so my wife says, Take it outside. You know, if you want to talk basketball, go outside. Well, mm. it's not very warm outside during basketball season. And so, you know, we if we did go out there, it wasn't for very long. And we'd come back in, but we couldn't talk basketball inside the house. Just wow. Because, you know, we wanted to have that relationship, that father-son relationship, rather than coach-to-player relationship at times. So, so she kind of put her foot down, and it was a great idea. And, and uh, actually, uh, I was talking with, with uh, Kane Hedrick, and that, they had done that same thing with their son. So uh, it was kind of an interesting, interesting thing. So that helped us a lot. So that's how we kind of got through things. But it was a great experience, and you know, I'll never forget it. And that's why we have him on our staff now. So as long as we can keep him. <laughs> so uh, moving on from that, you know. Oregon just decided they were going to implement the shot clock next season. Um, you know, my experience has been uh, playing against the guy 
and Bob Macbeth and his teams at Sayusla and then watching how he won a couple state titles and, and key moments at Central. And, you know, I took that and, um, you know, in big games, if I had a lead, I'm icing the clock. You know, it's it's over. And yeah. uh, that was just a nice thing to have in Oregon. I remember one time at Toledo, we, we had a lead in the fourth quarter. We were playing a team that had won the state title in Washington. And uh, we were at their gym. And we just started to ice the game with like four minutes to go. And they yeah. they called us on a – there was no shot clock, but they just – after like a minute, they're like – they blew the whistle and were like, all right, that's a turnover. I'm like, what? You know, and they're like, oh. we have a shot clock here, you know, and we're – we got to respect that. And I said, I didn't even realize that, but we don't have it in Oregon. So, you know, and even in this year that we won the state title, it's like uh, we were up 18 going into the fourth and I just, we just iced the game, you know, we just spread it out and good night. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I think you're, you're, there's times where it's like, we have the lead, there's five minutes to go and we're just going to run offense, you know? So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts now? How does it change your mindset? Do you, do you like the decision? Do you not? And, um, you know, now knowing that that's going to be something that's going to be implemented at the varsity level next year, how does that change what you're doing, if at all? Yeah, you know, I, I don't like it uh, either. Um, you know, I, 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 I feel like the teams that have the most talent are just going to win bigger because you have to get that shot off. And if they're so much more talented than you, I, I, you know, it, it's going to be a blowout. And it's not going to, that that part's not going to be very fun to watch. So, you know, there's only 11 states that have a shot clock. You know, of course, California and Washington do, so it seems like well, we got to follow those guys. But right. I, I don't know. I, I think it takes a part of the game out. You know, we don't pull the ball out often, but but we can be delivered on offense. Um, we we do at times pull it out. I mean, you know, we have an offense for that. Um, but I, I just don't like it. I, I think, you know, basketball itself is a sport that can be manipulated a little bit more as a, as a coach than, let's say, football. Um, I mean, there's definitely strategy. Um, but, you know, you're bigger, stronger, faster in football, you're going to win. Uh, but I think basketball, you can do some things to at least keep it close, you know, or make it competitive. And so also these teams that – are not traditionally very good. Are they going to get kids coming out? I don't want to get blown out by 30 every game. I don't want to, you know, that's the problem we have with our football team is the tradition hasn't been there forever. And so kids aren't coming out. And, you know, it's, it's, is that going to happen? I don't know. Um, I think going forward though, obviously you're going to have to do some sort of press to start off with, to get the shot clock going, to get that clock down. So they don't have as many like a two-two-one. You know, a lot of colleges will run that just to slow teams down. And then you know, it's going to be more quick hitters. Um, you know, I, so I, I think there'd definitely be, be some change, and and kids are going to have to be a little bit smarter in terms of knowing the clock, knowing when's a good shot selection, um, which can be difficult for high school kids. Um, we don't get a lot of those guys that are overly smart uh you know i don't want to one of my former assistants came up to me just the other day and was like hey what do you think about like running four different types of man-to-man offense like here we're going to trap here we're going to double team here i go i go our guys can't remember that stuff you know 
and he's one of the girls' coaches now. And I go, I, I don't see how you can do that. I mean, you can run a few different things and maybe have some quick specials defensively, but, you know, I don't know. But I think it's, it's definitely going to change the game. Um, and I hope it's for the positive. Uh, but I, I don't really care for it. Yeah, I, saw, I'm, I looked up the article of, you know, Jerry Ulmer on the OSA today, and uh, there's a quote uh, by Bart that is awesome. I'm not excited about it at all. I don't see how it benefits high school basketball in Oregon whatsoever. I can't justify it in any fashion. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know if it, is it a 30 second, a 35 second. Do you know more details about it at all? I think it's a 35. Um, that's that's, that's a I long know. time though. I'd say. I mean, 35 seconds. Yeah. You got to be pretty disciplined to run offense for 35 seconds. You know. Um, you do. You do. But yeah. I think it, it. What it changes is that last part of the game. You know, when it's it's ice time and you just can't do it. You know. So. Yeah, okay, I mean, well. you're gonna have you're gonna have eight seconds that are gonna come off the clock right away before you even get into stuff, right? Especially if you're going against the two two one. So what what that what's that put that down to twenty you know, twenty seven seconds now left. Say by the time you get you right. set into your offense. So <laughs> who knows? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, just another time to grow, I guess. Okay, well, yep. with that said, um, we're going to put you up against the shot clock. Uh, you we might go over, but you have 35 seconds uh, to answer as many questions as possible. And uh, we're going to cover a variety of topics and uh, just quick answers. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is one change you would make to improve the game in the state of Oregon? Hmm. Um. Great question. Um, not have the 35-second shot clock. <laughs> On an <laughs> island, one meal for the rest of your life, what are you eating? Uh, I'd have to have a nice steak. Beach and sand or mountains and snow? I'd have to say mountains and snow because that's what my wife would prefer. Uh, husky beard or clean shaven? <laughs> I'm kind of in between the right now, so uh, but I would say clean shaven. Suit and tie or casual apparel? Casual. Favorite NBA player? Michael Jordan. Favorite college team? Right now, I'd probably say Virginia. Favorite college coach? Um, Tony Bennett. Greatest basketball memory? Um, winning the 2014 state championship. What are your basketball goals in the next five years? Um, I don't, who knows if I'll be even be around in five years, but, um, you know, just to keep on the tradition, keep on working hard. Something people may not know about you. Um, I like to fish and hunt. Would you rather have no thumbs or no big toes? Um, toes. 
You're down three with 30 seconds to go. You're drawing up a play. Do you do a uh, play for a three or to get to the hoop quickly? Got to get to the hoop and try to draw a foul. You're up three with 10 seconds to go. Are you fouling? Yes. You have Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, and Steph on your team with two that you're down to with eight seconds to go. Who are you drawing the play for? Kobe. LeBron or Kobe? Kobe. Kobe or Jordan? Jordan. Okay, last question. Who would win in a game of one-on-one? You at your prime or your son, Trey? <laughs> Great question. The last time I played him, it was probably eighth grade, and I never played him again. Uh... <laughs> Did you beat him? Uh... I beat him, and I never played again, so I'm going to say me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for our first episode of the Oregon Basketball Coaches Association podcast. We'd like to thank Coach Blake Ecker for joining us today. Uh, if you have any follow-up questions or want to get a hold of Coach Ecker, you can find his contact information in the episode description. Join us next time as we continue this venture in gaining more knowledge of basketball on the podcast. Until then, keep grinding. Well, I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Falmouth Boys coach Blake Ecker. Join us next time as we dive in with Dave Garvin, the retired state championship coach from Falmouth High School. Until next time, keep grinding.